0: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 74 of Bleeding Blue, and the New York Football Giants have wrapped up the third preseason game with another win by the score of 25-23 over the Cincinnati Bengals. Another great Daniel Jones performance is in the books. Some of our other rookies shined on both sides of the ball, as well, most importantly, we are one week closer to Dallas. So without further ado let's
0: bleed blue oh that was so good (laughs) that was so good I'm so fucking hyped (laughs) you have no idea
1: I could run through a brick wall David I'm happy I'm
0: happy Seventy four episodes it took for somebody else rather than me to do a fucking intro. I love it. That was great. I'm so I'm 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 glad you enjoyed it, Justin. Are you Are you ready to rock and roll now? Oh, I'm I'm ready. Because before, like we were texting, and the headspace wasn't necessarily there for you. Yeah, it's you know it's been a, it's been a week. It's been a weekend. Um, no, but you know what? I just just thought you know what? I think today's the day.
1: Today was the day. Today's the
0: day. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So uh, if you're a first-time listener, uh, this is a podcast called Bleeding Blue, We are where we are bleeding blue for the New York football giants. I can imagine that maybe we have some first-time listeners because a football game was just played a couple days ago. In that case, I welcome you. If you are enjoying what we are doing, the best way that you can support us is by leaving a five-star rating on the Apple Podcast app. Now, David, I have an update. Go ahead. What's up? I have a very important update. Um, I want to check this, and I want to get the number right. This is episode... Seventy four. We have seventy three five star ratings on the Apple Podcast. Ooh,
1: app. ooh,
0: isn't that unbelievable? So what
1: you're telling me is we need from here on out to at least match the amount of five star ratings that we have with the number of episodes we've put out.
0: That it's it's honestly crazy. Like I honestly never thought that. Like when we started this whole thing that this would be the overall progression of how we would be going Well Justin how do you think I feel I wasn't even a part of this when you started
1: I got picked up I was, I was a midseason acquisition
0: yeah so initially we split both Yankees and Giants content and then we really made the switch to Giants content solely once the Yankee it's actually ironically once the Yankees season really started to pick up that's when I kind of made the decision of you know NFL draft type let's just solely do Giants. And here we are. We've been grinding out content all spring and summer, and it's been a lot of fun with the previewing the Giant Series, which is something that is going to be coming out uh, mostly throughout the weekdays. And uh, thank you for being here. But that's the best way you could support us is by leaving a leaving a five star rating in the Apple Podcast app. Um, David, well, and listening, and 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 of course listening. But <laughs> David, we have some uh, we have some new uh, sound bites to the soundboard. So I feel like that needs to also be like a segment that we add to already a very busy schedule that we have every single week. So I played this on the pregame show. Also, listen to the pregame show. If you search on your favorite podcast app, Bleeding Blue Giants pregame show, you will see that our the podcast that is solely dedicated to previewing each Giants game. That's what that, it's a separate podcast that's separate from this Bleeding Blue podcast. Very complicated, but we debuted this soundbite on there, but now we're going to debut it on here. Are you ready for it, David? I'm ready. Hit me. A player on the Giants touch my butt. It is my favorite,
1: my favorite soundbite that we have.
0: Yeah, so there was also a funny moment from the Cincinnati Bengals game and the telecast picked this up. On both TVs, both the Bengals telecast and the Giants telecast picked this up during a punt return.
1: You know, and what...
0: Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> so a coach or somebody yelled, he he formations Beat, his, and personnel, what... beat go, his ass. Go beat his ass. Go, 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 beat his ass. We need more
1: microphones on an NFL field. We do, except I think the... Um, The censorship might have to change from PG to PG 13 or TV. It's TV 14. It doesn't go PG on. on,
0: I mean, you see how much John boy has impacted the game of the, the game of baseball. Like you see how much he has impacted the game with the whole Aaron Boone savages rants. You know, our guys are a bunch of fucking savages in that box. That has done so many positive things for baseball. Now, not that football needs it. Like, football has enough eyes on it. But there's just so you know how much fun that would be. And I know there's the freaking sound effects. But honestly, I'm not watching NFL Network as the week goes on. I'm on Twitter. I'm watching film. I'm not watching these shows throughout the week to keep me entertained. So... I would like the microphones on the field and the opportunity to hear it as the game is happening. But I understand for censorship purposes and whatever and whatnot. That's just a little a little thing I have with the NFL that makes baseball a little bit more fun to consume sometimes. There's nothing I can add to that. That was that was beautiful. Thank you, thank you. You're beautiful. Thank you. All right, so David, the way that we usually start off, at least for the preseason episodes, is we. Talk about the quarterbacks. We have our weekly quarterback report since we have uh, two, basically two very important quarterbacks on this team rather than in previous years. And basically since the year 2004, um, there's really only, or I'm sorry, since 2005, there's been only one relevant quarterback on the team. So there hasn't really been a need to uh, talk about a quarterback report. But instead of starting off with Eli Manning this week, David, I'm kind of fired up. I'm kind of fired up about Daniel Jones. And for Jones.
1: that reason, for that reason, I'm gonna let you take the I'm gonna let you start. I'm gonna let you start with by saying what you want to say. Because I know you're fired up. So I'm gonna let you go. Just go.
0: Yeah, usually, usually we start with Eli, but you know, because he's the starter and that's overall just how the progression of the game goes. But I want to start with Daniel Jones this week because I want to say this. Daniel Jones can start in the NFL right now. Not saying he could go out there and win a Super Bowl this year and totally set the world on fire, but right now. Daniel Jones has shown you all of the signs that he can do it. So let's go through, David, all of the ifs, ands, or buts of the preseason so far and break down the nitpicky hesitations on him. Are you ready for that? Let's do it. His first week, he made great throws in some very tight windows. Great touch on the ball. He basically put the ball where the receiver could only catch it. We learned that week one. He's continued throughout throughout the that throughout the entire preseason. but the quote unquote criticism that even we had, but it wasn't as like, you know, demonizing as I feel like some other people said it. But he didn't go through his progressions. Okay, second week. There was a great two-play sequence, and we broke it down on this podcast, but we're going to break it down again. We're at the line of scrimmage. He reads the defense against Chicago. He kills the initial play that was called. It leads to a 17-yard gain to Benny Fowler on a slant. Next play, Giants go no huddle. Jones is able to call the play on the line of scrimmage. Call the play on the field. The ball snapped. He goes through his progressions for the first time. Can't find anybody open. Checks it down to Rod Smith, and at the same time, takes his first NFL hit. Two completions, two plays where there is so much more to analyze than what initially meets the eye, David, and we did that last week. But again, the criticism is, okay, but he's going up against backups, and we really haven't seen him hit that much. Defenses are still very vanilla. Third game, Bengals' first-team defense is out there for multiple series, even when Jones is still playing with the first-team offense himself. He gets pummeled in the pocket. He sees different blitz packages. David, you have to admit that even both teams... They were really, maybe they weren't elaborate blitz packages, but both teams are really bringing pressure at a much higher rate than they have been the first two weeks compared to the first two weeks of the preseason so far. Wouldn't you say so? I would say so. I I think
1: the ending there, what you said is the most important. I think I wouldn't call them elaborate blitz packages, and I'm going to get into this a little bit later on, but I don't. I don't think it was so much elaborate blitz packages, but you definitely saw blitzing occurring, which is something in the first two weeks, at least on the Giants and the things, I didn't see any anything and, and didn't, I didn't see the Giants blitzing and I didn't see opposing teams blitzing against them. And definitely uh, Thursday was the first time we saw that.
0: Right. So the criticism of, not the criticism, the nitpicky point of the second week was Going up against backups, we've rarely seen him hit that much, and defenses are still very vanilla. So they were a little bit less vanilla this Thursday. So regardless, he gets pummeled in the pocket, he fumbles, and the offense is the victim of a few penalties. The offense wasn't necessarily helping themselves. And what we've seen in previous seasons, David, is whenever this offense would get a holding penalty, you know, maybe even a false start penalty, you're basically saying to yourself, as a Giants fan, well, there goes the drive. Drive's over. You know, if it's first and 20, second and 20, second and 15, because maybe we get a good play on a first down, but it's brought back by a holding call. Well, there goes that drive. Didn't matter. Didn't matter for... Dan, for I was about to call him Danny Dimes. I don't really like that <laughs> nickname. Didn't matter for uh, for Danny Jones uh, this week. He responds. He led a touchdown drive and delivers that throw to Darius Slayton with a totally collapsing pocket. The resilience he showed this past week and his ability to answer all All of the but-he-hasn't-done-this-yet critics has led me to come away with this. He can start week one. He can. Doesn't mean that he will. Doesn't mean that it is the right answer for this team right now. But Daniel Jones can start week one if the Giants wanted him to. He has shown you all of the traits, all of the signs that you've wanted to see out of him this preseason and training camp and in the spring. And since the spring, he has shown even a greater willingness to throw the ball down the field even more than Eli has. And he has shown us everything and more that we have wanted to see from him on and off the field, especially off the field. I mean, especially, especially you know, handling New York off the field. He showed that he could do that this week. Because saying this this is not a slight to Eli this is not me taking a dig at Eli at all this is solely me evaluating Daniel Jones he is the starter of this team but David this is where I want to turn to you what is holding this fan base back from fully from fully having this sentiment give me another reason why besides it's just the preseason and really it, you know is it is it just the Eli bias like why aren't people more excited over what they're seeing from him why are they still nitpicking everything
1: well i think to to first answer that i'll directly answer that and then i'll get into my own thoughts about about thursday for for danny i i think the only remaining criticism is we haven't seen him against consistently elaborate blitz packages we haven't seen him against um obviously consistent uh, starters. And and even if we are talking, star- and I, I'm not saying I agree with this, Justin, I'm just saying, I think this is the answer to, to your question. But here
0: I, and I already, you know, you already can figure what you're about to go on to say. Well, you know, it's, I get it. The NFL regular season is different, but the preseason is all about finding traits. And I know you're going to agree with this because we've both said this and we've both agreed with each other. So, you know, but I'm going to kind of cut you off here by just, you know, just coming out and saying that, what people are choosing to be nitpicky about and what people are choosing. Oh, hold the brakes, hold the brakes on this, hold the brakes on that because we don't know. Well, nobody knows anything. Nobody knows anything. I'm not
1: saying hold the brakes. What I'm saying is as a Giants fan, you can easily look at the way this team is is trained, trending and, and see what their quarterback situation is. And actually for the first time in some time, not only feel like we're no longer to use one of your favorite phrases, we're no longer in quarterback hell but I actually think we're in a pretty solid position when it comes to quarterback. We've got a veteran who, who we're going to get into Eli in a second, who seems to be, maybe I, I use this term delicately because we haven't seen it. We haven't seen this obviously happen in the regular season yet, but he he maybe seems resurgent and you've got a rookie on his heels. That looks by all accounts, ready to go. So, I think as a fan base, we need to we need to be looking at the situation instead of looking to nitpick every little thing. And I think Justin, I think it is the Eli. I think it's the Eli bias. I think it's the I'm not ready to see Eli go, so I'm gonna come up with every reason why Daniel Jones isn't ready isn't ready to go. And and for I think a, unfortunately a large portion of the fan base, when it finally is time for Daniel Jones to play in the regular season, they're gonna look at it as it's going to be baptism by fire for Daniel Jones. Whereas you and I can easily look at Daniel Jones and say, he's ready to go. If that makes any sense. I, I think, I think a lot, large portion of the fan base is just operating off this mentality that says it's the preseason. He hasn't, you know, there's a big difference between going up against the third, third preseason game, Cincinnati Bengals and the Cowboys and Jerry world week one.
0: And obviously there is that
1: huge difference. Obviously, there's that huge difference, and I and I, so I and I think where you and I say, well, no, pay attention. Look at what he's doing. Look at look at the smaller things in the in the game film. Look at look beyond just the the opposition. I think it's very easy easy for people to look at the opposition and say, are we really you know are are we really putting our faith in this guy who you know understand two months ago. The narrative surrounding Daniel Jones was a lot different. So for a lot of his naysayers, I would actually almost prefer that some of those naysayers who didn't choose to give Daniel Jones um, a second. No, because I'll admit, uh, let me let me sidetrack. I'll admit when
0: when when Jones was drafted, I was upset. No, I mean, David, I re-listened to our episode. I re-listened to our episode after it was the day the draft the day after the draft was completed. I really don't think that we were like upset and angry. We were we were questioning the value. We were questioning the value. Our tagline for the
1: episode we said it multiple times was they got their guy. They wanted him. They wanted him and they went and got him and they they basically they they threw a finger to the wind and they said anybody who complains you'll see, you'll get it. And so I but I'll admit, I was I was skeptical. And I was willing over the last couple of months to look back Look into him a little bit more, dive in a little bit more with the help of some of, of people who really went crazy with it, and started to flip my idea on him a little bit. And said, "Okay, maybe there were a couple of things I wasn't noticing, a couple of things in college that were stacked against him." There, I, I, get it, I, I see what the Giants are seeing, but I think a large portion of the fan base didn't do that. So in April, their narrative was he's not ready, or he, he not, he'll never be ready. He's not that guy. He's not, he's not, you know, sixth overall. And they haven't changed their narrative, and and Justin, they're not they're not going to they're not going to until he until he gets this team a W in the regular season in the game that matters. And you know what? I would almost prefer that for some of these people who were so so aggressive with their criticism. You know what? Fine, stay on the Eli bandwagon until it's time that until it's until you have no choice but to have Daniel Jones as your quarterback in front of you. Stay
0: over there. We don't. You know, you'll come over when you have no choice. Yeah. Now. David, I really think that the, the uh, in terms of the national media, the people that were critical of the Jones pick and the people that have been critical of the gi- entire Giants quarterback situation, they're not going to be proven right until after Jones's first year. They're not going to be proven right or wrong until after Jones's first year and until he goes into his second year of starting. I'm not talking about his rookie year. I'm talking about his first full year of starting because you cannot evaluate a rookie quarterback after his first year. You cannot if you did that, if you did that, then RG 3 would be a Hall of Famer. If you did that, if you did that, then Jared Goff uh, wouldn't be in the league anymore. And if you did that, Carson Wentz would be a middle of the road kind of guy. Right.
1: Yeah, I was I was I was going to say exactly that. I was going to say, well, I mean, how many how many quarterbacks have we seen after their rookie season that either impressed? or disappointed and my first thought was rg3 right. rg3 was a world beater in his, in his right and that's
0: why it's so important to play your rookie season to get those to get those growing pains out of the way if you are going to be the next franchise guy but where my criticism comes in david is the same people on giants twitter that tell you to be optimistic through everything and that tell you and that shove it in your face that you that you're a quote-unquote hater if you criticize the team And if you're a critic of the team, the same fucking people, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you're like this. I I, I really am. But I'm not happy about this. The same people that do all of that are now the ones saying, pump the brakes on Daniel Jones. Pump the brakes. We haven't seen him yet. You're the ones telling people who are critical of the team to be more optimistic. And now somebody who is more optimistic about the team and their situation, you're telling them to pump the brakes. You can't be half pregnant, people. You can't. You can't be half pregnant. Be happy with what is happening right now. This is great. And when do you, I have never said that about the Giants in 74 episodes. Now this hell hasn't (laughs) been, this all hasn't been solely about the Giants. This has been a split between the Yankees and the Giants, but every single one, we've probably at this point have had more Giants episodes than Yankee episodes that I've never rarely ever used the word great and Giants in the same sentence. This right now is great. We are in a good spot. Maybe it's not my preferred spot because I do want Daniel Jones playing right away. But you want to know what? Eli Manning is playing well. He's playing great. And if he's playing great, then fine. We're winning football games. And it may not be the best for the franchise, but it's best for the 2019 season. So really, enjoy what is happening right now. Enjoy what is happening. Recognize that Daniel Jones is real. And don't just be a nitpicky, uh, nitpicky picker. That's what I'm going to call you. Because really, that how backwards is that? I, I agree. I, I completely agree, Justin. And and,
1: and we we on we are an understanding of where each other are. I don't believe either that we need to pump the brakes. I think the Giants are in a great spot right now. Like you said, I would appreciate a little bit more clarity as to where we are going forward, but I you know, look you gotta look at it from from the perspective of of ownership and 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 coaching too. I'm sure they would prefer some more clarity as well. They would love to know going into the season that they're gonna that Eli is the quarterback for all 16 games or that Daniel Jones is the quarterback for all 16 Here's games. Here's where it's going to come, David. Got Here's
0: it. where that clarity is going to come. This is the farthest that I will go into looking at the schedule and talking about the schedule. We're going to look at the first four games, David. That's it, four games, because that's what's going to decide the season. You have Dallas week one, who, what the fuck is going on in Dallas? Jerry Jones is turning his back on everybody. <laughs> Good. Good, terrible owner. But you know what? But but Justin, but as a Giants fan, and, and
1: you, you know, Giants fans understand this. When it comes to the NFC East, I don't care what the hell's going on in that in what in whatever respective building it is. You right. don't take Good it point.
0: lightly. Good point. Ever so. Well, you know what? I would say compared to the start of training camp, you know, this is this is a winnable game. I did not think it was a winnable game. It's a winnable game. So week two. Yeah. Against the Bills, of course, winnable game. Week three, Buccaneers, winnable game. Week four, Redskins, winnable game. We have two of those games at home. We're home against the Bills. We're home against the Redskins. And then we're going to Tampa in at the end of September. Which, I mean, it's probably going to be a little humid, but you're probably not really worrying about weather at that point. You're not really worrying about weather at all at the end of September. So that was a really stupid point to bring up. But, David, four winnable football games. But not only are they winnable games but i think a, a huge part
1: thing to realize is it's also an opportunity to jump out to a quick 2 and 0 in the, in the division this is a team that was 1 and 6 in the division last Ooh, year good little stat there 1 and 5 I mean, you can't be 1 and 6 1 and Ooh. 5 they no, were 1 and 5 in the division last year and that only w- that one win came against the mark sanchez led redskins so that's a big that's a really big deal. The ability to go into Dallas and potentially come out with a win and then get Washington at home, that's huge, especially when considering you've got you have Philly twice in the last four weeks of the season. That's huge. So I, I think this is your your ultimate point, Justin. Everything in those first four weeks are right in front of you. And I think the beauty of of where the Giants are now and then the situation they've been put in is From a fan, if you're a fan who wants Daniel Jones starting week one, you got the best thing possible. That was never going to happen. You were never going to going to get to a point. I don't care how bad Eli played in preseason, how well Jones played in preseason, you aren't going to get it. I'm sorry. And I think Justin, I think you're aware of absolutely. But I think the the beauty is Daniel Jones has now put enough pressure on the coaching staff that. We were initially talking about maybe we'll see him before the bye week. Maybe we'll see him that Arizona game. Uh, maybe we'll see him once the Giants are eliminated from playoff contention. No, I think if Eli goes out there in you know week two and home opener against against Buffalo and goes out in the first half, they're zero and one already, and he goes out in the first half and goes eight for you know eight for twenty for seventy two yards. Daniel Jones is playing the second half of that
0: game. Right, right. Now, I do want to save this conversation for a little bit later, David, because we do have a very good football game to talk about. And I think next week or yeah, especially next week, we're not going to have as much like tangible football to talk about because half the guys that are going to be playing the game next week aren't even going to be on the roster the following week. So (laughs) we'll save this. We'll pencil this conversation for later. But David. This is going to be my final point. And if you want to wrap up on it, great. And then I want you to get right into your final, final Jones impressions and then maybe transition into Eli. If they make that move, once you make that move, David, you can't go back. You can't go back. Can't go back. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you can't start um,
1: juggling a veteran and a rookie. You got to right. stick to your goal. So,
0: so go ahead. Transition into your final thoughts about Jones and then we'll move into Eli and then we'll get into our game balls and giant shitheads of the week.
1: Well, Basically, everything you said about Daniel Jones, I, I agree with. When you're looking at this, you need to look at it from the perspective of your checking boxes, right? So, like you, you, I like how you ran down your okay, he did this, but we still have this problem. And okay, he did that now. Now he has another thing to answer. He's been answering every everything that's been put to him, he's answered. I want to, I, I like doing this. and We've done it each week. We found a couple of little throws or, or sequences that have been important to, to, you know, just understanding where he is in terms of his maturation as a, as an NFL ready quarterback. There was a, I, I, I admittedly don't remember exactly at what point in the game it was, but I, I believe, um, on a, on a first down Giants had called for a holding and they ran up the middle. I think the, on, on second, on second and 20 for maybe two, like second and 18, he hits I, I believe it was a uh, Russell Shepard. It might've been Alonzo Russell. I I'm tired of all these Russells. It's very confusing. It's very confusing. I'm also
0: tired. I'm also tired of all the goldens
1: and the Shepherds. We got to find some new names, but he hit him for maybe a 12 yard gain. He made it made it the third and manageable third and six, third and seven. And he hit uh Benny Fowler on the third down play at the first down marker. He had the first down, uh, Fowler ran backwards, lost the first down and, and Giants ended up punting. And I'm highlighting that because, you know, if you're just looking at a box score or looking at a play sequence on, uh, you know, reading it to you, that seems like it's a, you know, it's a, you know, penalty derailed the drive, punt the ball away and the discussion. But you made a point early on in your, in your thoughts about Daniel Jones, Justin saying How many times in the last couple of years has has a penalty totally ended a drive, and you get to first and twenty, and you say, "You know, this drive is over. You're not you're not going anywhere." We know we're not going anywhere. You can punt right now. Nothing seems to phase Daniel Jones. Whether it's getting hit, whether it's strip sacks, whether it's coming, you know, facing a a second and eighteen, whether it's you know facing a a zero blitz or, or facing a prevent defense, it doesn't seem to matter. He situationally sound. And I think what I, what I loved about what he did is so many times rookie quarterbacks, you see on a second and long, that ball was going to go 45 yards down the field to a double covered receiver. That's where you run the picks. That's where you run into unproductive football. He understood, keep the ball underneath, let your guy run a little bit, ball placement, put the ball somewhere where your guy can catch it, get you a couple of those yards back. You don't have to throw those yards back. You can run those yards back. And then your third and manageable boom first down fowler obviously doesn't make the play but it was it was thrown a first down i think those those little things they're so so important to winning football and it's something the giants have not done in so many years and it's why they continuously lose close football games it's because they don't play situationally sound football it's little things here and there it's a first and 20 good teams find a way to turn first and 20 into points and, and and you're seeing from Daniel Jones that he's able to make that happen, so that's my. I, I agree with everything else you said, so I'm not going to go too much further into it. Let me transition into Eli. Continues to look good. I said it on the last episode. I'm going to continue to say it. I think the word for Eli's preseason is decisiveness. Eli has always been a lot better when he's decisive with the football. He's you know he's never been the kind of guy who's gonna who's gonna buy himself time and he's not gonna make plays. The play's got to be there. If the play's there, he's got to make it. He's got to trust his read. He's got to go with it. He looks decisive. Balls that he's that he has to throw with with some arm strength. He's throwing with arm strength. He took he took a couple hits. The front four for Cincinnati is nothing is nothing to nothing to uh, you know push a nose up at. It's a it, the sole presence of Geno Atkins is enough. Absolutely. And the full first string offense managed three points, but there was no reason why they could not have managed ten. You figure Cody Latimer dropped the touchdown thrown by Eli. Yeah. And then they went for another fourth down on their second drive that they obviously wouldn't have gone for in the regular season.
0: And also, David, uh, Eli missed um, Russell Shepard on what would have been a clear, clear, clear first down. Uh, on a, And a, this was a third down. I believe this was the play after Cody Latimer dropped the touchdown pass. Eli Manning then tried to throw what looked like a fade into the back of the end zone while Cody Latimer was double-covered. Russell Shepard was wide open as not even a check down. He was just sitting at the first down mark, and he was wide open. Now, again, the backwards world of Giants Twitter. I said, this is the preseason. I don't mind Eli Manning trying to let Cody Latimer make a play. I like that he's throwing the ball down the field. He's being ballsy. He's being risky. It's a lot of the things that I've been saying that Eli has been doing this training camp in this preseason so far. He's being more ballsy, more risky, a little bit more. Giants Twitter responds, Oh, he's got to get the first down. He's got to get the first down. You know, and I couldn't help but laugh because then you get excited about Jones. Oh, it's the preseason. Oh, but then, um, oh, it's just the preseason. I'm glad Eli tried to go for the touchdown instead of maybe just getting the first down. In the regular season, I think Eli's smart enough to maybe just throw the ball to Russell Shepard because they were on the same side of the field too, David. It's not like Eli, I really find it hard to believe that Eli didn't see Russell Shepard, who was wide open, on the left sideline when he was throwing the ball to Cody Latimer, who was also in the left side right, of the end right. zone. Find that very hard to believe. But again, just the backwards world uh, of Giants Twitter right now, that and I'm not like that mad, but just like enjoy it. Enjoy what we're seeing because these are good signs and that's what they are. They are good yeah, signs. No,
1: I, I agree with you. And I think I have to imagine that Eli normally would throw – would throw the the underneath route to get the first down. He's situationally he he is a situationally sound quarterback as well. He uh, you know, I think when he's playing with confidence he is.
0: Sometimes he can get a little
1: weird. He can get a little weird when throwing into the red zone or the end zone. He can get a little erratic, he can get a little um extremely cautious and then recklessly right. aggressive in the end zone. He always has been a little weird, but cooler heads need to prevail and just say Normally he'd he'd make the underneath throw. I think it was just a preseason thing. You got a guy, you got a big guy in the end zone, give him a shot. So, all that aside, with the exception of the first game, of the first preseason game, Eli's come in, and the offense has been pretty productive. I loved, and maybe this will transition us a little bit out of Eli. Do you have any thoughts you want to say about Eli besides what you already said?
0: No, the the only thing that I kind of want to transition out of is you know. Uh, It was announced today on Sunday, so yesterday, that Jones will get the well today on Sunday, yesterday. That didn't make any sense if you're listening, but we're recording on Sunday. You're listening to this hopefully on Monday. It was announced on Sunday that Jones will get the start against the Patriots. Eli will not suit up. Not a surprise. I am very happy with everything I've seen from Eli this summer, not just counting the preseason games. I also take training camp practices very, very seriously. I'm very happy from what I've seen from Eli this summer glad that we are going to the next time we are going to see him in pads is against Dallas. And that's it.
1: I agree. I, I, there's no reason to see him in new England. Um, I think again, Eli looked decisive. I really liked to see how the entire offense seemed to move the ball when Eli was, um, when he was, Eli was on the field. And I, and I don't just mean in terms of the receivers, Wayne Gallman ran really well. Um, with Eli and his quarterback. And I, in my opinion, we were talking last week about how much the absence of Odell you know, means that Saquon is that guy now who the defense needs to account for. If a defense doesn't believe your quarterback poses a threat, you can key in on a lot of other things because you're not worried about the quarterback beating you. You know, you hear the old... Which that, I'll tell you that,
0: what, I'll tell you what, David. Go ahead. I'll tell you what. Defenses don't view Eli Manning as a threat. They don't view the Giants quarterback as a threat right now. They don't. I, I no. I, and I agree. If I'm a if I'm a if I'm a
1: defensive coordinator, my number one concern is Saquon, and that was my point last week. It's it's not so much Eli. It's not the it's not the receiving game. But I gotta say, Wayne Gallman was able to run the ball really well, and a lot of his runs they were not they weren't big effort runs. They were they were pretty gaping hole runs. And usually when you see gaping hole runs, it means it means that the offensive line is dominating, but it also means that the the defense isn't putting any pressure in the gaps, unless your offensive line is by far the best in the NFL. They are moving. They are just moving people out of the way. To me, it showed a somewhat timid Bengals defense, which part of that comes from really not being sure what you're going to see play in play out. And again, we've like, we've been saying that's where the giants are going to make their money on offense. It's by trying to keep the, keep the opposing defense a little unsure of themselves because they're going to do some weird things. Um, so I'm, I'm talking Wayne Gallman ran really well. There was also, I love the the reverse screen
0: passes to Evan Ingram. We saw one of those. Yep. That's what, that's what I'm telling you. That's the stuff that Pat Shermer, he liked to run in Minnesota, but Eli just hasn't been able to really get the screen game all together. But hey, if we can do these things to Evan Ingram and you're, you're you know, uh, you and a lot of other people are big proponents of getting Evan Ingram in space. This is a good way to do it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to wrap up my thoughts there, but he continues
1: to look solid. I personally, as well as Jones is playing, I've got no problem with Eli. Eli week one. There's no reason to believe that it's an issue him playing week one. The offense looks productive. He's doing he, he's doing the same thing I said I want to see from Daniel Jones in preseason, which was I want to see him, him able to move the ball, move the chains, produce drives. They don't always need to amount in a touchdown. Produce drives, ball possession, flip the field. And he's been able to do that majority of the time in the preseason.
0: So, uh, David, you started us uh, last week with giving out the game ball. Um, I am going to be starting this week now, just now, just a disclaimer, we will not be talking about the quarterbacks this much come the regular season. I just feel like because it's the preseason and because the Giants are in such an interesting position, we talk about it. We like to talk about the quarterbacks. It's most valuable position in sports, but I started us last week with, I started. um, no, David, you started us last week, um, by giving out your game ball because I'm a nice guy. I let you go first, but this week I'm going to go first because we are going to alternate I'm giving my game ball out to O'Shane Eximenez, and we have given him the next, the the nickname OX. Actually, David yeah. was the first one. To I just took his initials. I mean, <laughs> it, it, well, yeah. Well, so I guess we're not we're not really we're not really that creative. I do think it's better than X Man, though. Don't like that. X Man's been done. I'm sorry. It, just because somebody has an X in their name does not should not automatically mean that you're called the X Man. <laughs> So let's just call you by your initials instead. Uh, so uh O'Shane Ximenez uh had four tackles, uh two sacks, two tackles for losses. Uh David, he really let his speed uh be on full display from this weekend. Uh for the or sorry, this week. After collecting his first sack last week, he continued to be a force. Um, and one of his sacks uh definitely did come from basically when nobody nobody was blocking him. Now, a funny moment with that where he was just coming off the edge and the left tackle didn't know where to go he was like yeah rolling back in motion in pass protection but like didn't even touch o'shane and you saw um ox like actually hesitate like he was like are you going to are you going to block me are you going to engage with me? Cause I'm just going to like hit the quarterback. So you actually saw him like pull back for a second and almost do like a hesitation move, but then he realized, Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're not going to block me. Okay. So, this, so then he just ran in and then he hit the quarterback. Um, but then the other one was a, was a nice little stunt that was ran by Nate Stupar and uh, ocean exam. kind of like went inside. He made like an inside move. And you know, one of the most impressive things that I can see, and it sounds like a simple thing is if you get in the backfield, Take down the ball carrier, whoever has the ball, whether it's a running back, whether it's a quarterback. If you get in the backfield, don't miss. You are a 300, 250-pound man who can bench press a cow. Take down your man. How many times do we see a guy get into the backfield and not be able to take down the ball carrier, not be able to take down the quarterback and find their way to get out of a sack? He has done that so far. He's really hit the quarterback hard. He's really made really impact plays and impact sacks. And that's what you like to see. So he gets my game ball, especially for being consistent the last two weeks. Okay. Um, I have to be honest, Justin. O'Shane was my game ball. All right.
1: Well, I'm a bad guy. I Stole your game ball. You, you you stole Justin. The bad guy stole stole my game
0: ball. All right. So you you know you know, um, what, so you know what you know what you want to do to me.
1: What I do I want to do? What... You
0: You want to beat my ass. What
1: what was that in the background? What was that in the background?
0: You know, formations and personnel, what...
1: So as a, as a backup, um, I want to my, hmm, I'm going back and forth here. I'm gonna give my game ball
0: to. I'm 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 all up in the air. Can I can I give
1: it to two people? I do this every week.
0: I mean, yeah, I, I you will you will allow an exception because the preseason is, there's so many different football players that step foot on the field, so many different people that have an impact on the game. So sure, yeah, you can give it to two people. Okay, um, I, then I'll do that.
1: One of my game balls is going to go to, I got to do it, Daniel Jones. You talked about him enough. <sighs> but, okay, okay, fine. My reasoning for, for Daniel Jones getting a game ball, just rewind back for the last half an hour. Better? Perfect, okay. Um, my second game ball is going to go to Dexter Lawrence. Um, Oh, I like that. Dexter Lawrence only only managed one tackle. This is similar to your to your first game ball. I forget exact. I forget who it was. Um, from the first preseason game, Justin, you were like all excited about him, and and you were like,
0: he had one tackle, and I was and I was like, really, really. That first player in the, that that first player in the in the preseason game, that first preseason game, though I got my game ball. That was a that was a Jake Carlock.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's gotten scrutinized the last couple of weeks for for not putting up you know gaudy numbers, and and I think it's unfair to expect big numbers from him. Um, it's unfair to just imagine he's gonna he's gonna step in and be Snacks Harrison. That that that's not how I expected this to go but what you continue to see game in and game out is a guy that the offensive line and the and the entire opposing offense needs to account for he's he eats up blocks he he eats up the guy in front of him he puts so much pressure on the opposing offensive line to adjust the way they block and to adjust their assignments he's He really is quickly and clear if you watch game film, if you watch plays more than once, it's clear that he is serving as an anchor to the defense and everything flows around him. Everything in in the box is flowing around where Dexter Lawrence is putting pressure on the offensive line. And I'm not talking pressure in the same sense of a quarterback pressure. I'm talking literal pressure of, you know, we have to account for this guy. Um. also like to see he, – he had – I believe it was his first. I can't remember him having any other ones. He had a pass deflection. And so yep. many – for a defense, so many good things happen off of those kinds of plays. It's the little, little plays. And if you're if you're Dexter Lawrence, you know you're not going to get to the quarterback often. Get your hands up. Make a play. And, and it might – you never know where that ball is going to fall. You never know whose hands it's going to fall in. So it's little things – he he just seems to be picking up the speed of the game very well sometimes you won't you worry about you know the bigger interior lineman not being able to match this you know being surprised by the speed of the opposing offensive line who can suddenly handle all of the weight that the that the lineman has and the weight ends up becoming more of a more of an issue as opposed to a benefit but he seems to really really understand how to match the speed of the offensive lineman dictate the pace of of the battles he's in and he just puts up he's puts pressure on the opposing defense. And I think he really showed that against Cincinnati.
0: Yeah, perfect. Um, I've done a lot of uh a lot of video work and video grinding on Dexter Lawrence's preseason because there is a value to what he brings to the team, and it's not something that's easily seen. It's not something that's easily seen even when you're just watching the game live. You kind of have to do go back and to see, oh yeah, Marcus Golden made this play here oh, yeah, look, Dexter Lawrence was getting double teamed, which allowed a guy like Marcus Golden to get a one-on-one favorable matchup. Or, you know, you could say the same thing about, oh, yeah, Dexter Lawrence was getting double teamed here. This allowed B.J. Hill, Lorenzo Carter to make a play and to get a favorable matchup, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. For one of the first times, David, and, you know, we saw it literally the first, the second and the third play of the Bengals game. Second play of the Bengals game, Dexter Lawrence at the snap of the ball was one-on-one. And then eventually there was a either a tight end or a tackle um, g- got a hand on Dexter Lawrence. But by then it was too late. Dexter Lawrence was already making a play on the running back and making a tackle in the run game. So that's where his one tackle came in, David, the second play of the game. The third play of the game is where you're talking about the pass deflection. This is, again, he was one-on-one at the snap of the ball and then another guy tried to come in at the last minute when he already was collapsing the pocket and tried to get a hand on him. So I made a video uh, early last week saying, hey, Dexter Lawrence has been getting double teamed. It's been allowing other people to make some plays. Let's let's kind of uh, uh, lean off of the criticism for a little bit. Second and third play of the, of the Bengals game, single teamed, had those one-on-one matchups, really made some good yeah. plays, really moved some bodies and obviously uh impacted the game in a positive way that you actually could see with your own eyes
1: i i do want to say something really really quick um you you mentioned uh ox i want to i want to just uh just backtrack a little bit if that's okay justin yes so i saw a lot of people freaking out very very quickly i think giant twitter is so funny because like so quickly they go from elation to like you know um we're like back to the time of the plague and and the sky is falling, and you know we are the same giants we have in the last couple of years, because the Bengals' offense was kind of moving the ball pretty well against the against the defense. Um, and of course, it's cause for concern, and and it, it's it certainly made me feel a little uneasy. Uh, I was I was bothered by it, but we were we were mentioning earlier how. Up until this point, and I still think even in this third preseason game, the defenses are so vanilla, and there's so little that they're really doing. But I want to point something out. They were a little less vanilla. They were a little less vanilla, and that's that's my overall point. I get it that the Bengals moved the ball, and, and what I think was really alarming was there was that one drive that the, the Bengals' second-string offense seemed to move the ball pretty well against our starting defense. And we've gone into the whole thing. We need DeAndre Baker healthy. and we, and we So that, that goes without saying. You could use some more health. But I want to point something out. The Giants had five sacks. Justin, how many of those sacks came from linemen?
0: Down linemen. You probably have that in front of you. That answer would be zero. All wow. this, Does that include edge rushers? Well, no, duh. I'm a fucking idiot. I'm a fucking idiot. Oh, Shane Eximenez had two sacks. My point is...
1: I still think the defense has been vanilla. I think it's, it's ultimately vanilla. I think it's ultimately simple. They're not doing too many elaborate things, but I got news for you. If linebackers and edge rushers in a three, four are the ones getting your, if they're, if they're the ones linebackers specifically are generating the pressure. That means that, when they when when James Betcher is dialing up more elaborate dude schemes, and dude how good working. is how good has Tay Davis been off the edge exactly he seems to in the preseason he does it here and there he sprinkles it in it's kind of like you know it's a, it's a weapon you know you have you don't want to tip your hand to opposing teams cuz teams will scout your preseason tape to see what they can find and you know you don't want to tip your hand on on these plays but you know these are things you can do so you put it in here and there you just want to get get a live rep on it and you see how it goes for you. When Betcher has dialed those things up, they've worked. The Giants have generated some serious pressure in the preseason thus far. I just, choo- I-, I believe that Betcher is choosing to not consistent as consistently dial it up and as elaborately dial it up as he will when we get to the regular season. So everyone relax on the defense. I still think, despite the fact that they. Have generated some pressure and the defense wasn't quite as simple as it's been the last couple of weeks. It is nowhere near as elaborate as it is going to get. And I think the defense will will be better when the regular season starts.
0: No, and I absolutely agree with you because, you know, we've we've talked about on this podcast. You, you look at the James Betcher blitz percentage numbers, and hopefully that goes up this year with the more trust that he has in the secondary. However, a little trepidation that I do have, David about this defense and something that Giants fans are going to be they're going to have to be patient. There has already been a lot of hate going on this Giants defense just everywhere saying how there isn't enough pass rush, there isn't enough pass rush, there isn't enough pressure. David, the Giants had 5 sacks. Giants had 5 sacks. That's that's a decent amount of sacks in a game. But that just goes to show you how little impact getting pressure on the quarterback actually does have on a football game. Believe me, it could have a great impact. But Giants had five sacks. There just are a lot of times in a football game where the quarterback isn't touched, where the quarterback isn't pressured, where the quarterback isn't hurried. And that's not the Giants' fault. It's just the game of football. So that is why the secondary, there needs to be so much emphasis on the secondary. So here's my disclaimer for Giants fans. We're going to have to be patient. This is a very young secondary. Janoris Jenkins and Grant Haley are the only two returning starters. Grant Haley was an undrafted rookie at Penn State last year. I know he's had a great camp. He is still extremely inexperienced, and the fact that he has already come this such a long way as an undrafted rookie, it's not like he was like a second or a third round pick where there was a lot of hype out of him. So really, Janoris Jenkins is really the only experienced veteran who is returning to this defense and to this James Betcher system who is in this entire secondary Michael Thomas as well. But how much playing time is he realistically going to see if everyone is healthy? But neither here nor there. We have to be patient because we're seeing it already. The mental errors, the miscommunication that's between certain players. We even saw Janoris Jenkins tried to jump a route and it didn't work. And it led to a first down early in the first quarter. We're going to see these things. These things are going to happen. We're going to stay patient. People are going to want to blame the pass rush when that is not what this defense is designed to do. This defense is designed to play well in the secondary, and then the pressure will come from like the quote-unquote coverage sacks and ability to blitz because we trust our secondary. If the secondary isn't there, then guess what? The pressure probably won't be there because James Betcher won't feel comfortable enough to blitz. But be patient. I have trust in this defense. I have trust in the way that it was built, but Rome wasn't built in a day, and this defense is not going to be built in a day either. Perfect. That was really good. That was great radio. That was solid radio. Nice job. Oh my god. I I I need to I need to just play like a play a drop or something. Like here, I'm going to I'm going to tell myself Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, you're not going to the playoffs. That was great. <laughs> That's how I reward myself by misery.
1: By reminding us that we're
0: not going to the playoffs. Merry Christmas! You're not going to the playoffs. All right, let's move on. Um, can I give some I honorable know, mentions? Just, I don't know. Can Go I give it. some honorable mentions? I'm going to give some honorable mentions, and then we'll get to our giant shithead of the week, and then we'll wrap up. Um, um, uh, no, I want to start with I want to start with the defense because since we were already talking with the secondary, um, Corey Ballantyne. dude's still out there with like with like the first team. Obviously, um, you know DeAndre Baker's hurt. But he made some plays in the first quarter and in the first half. Obviously, you know, I'm happy that he's allowed some catches as well because it gives you opportunities for growth. It gives you times in the film room to say, hey, I went through this physical rep. I know what I did wrong. I know how I can correct it. That's why that's what I really like about him getting out there and him playing he made he had a he had a pass deflection in the first quarter and it was a really big play i it might have even been on a third down that really ended the drive and that's fantastic i mean that's such a confidence booster for you to have that pass deflection now if i'm this isn't a third down i'm gonna it's this is a really bad guy move but for you to make a play like that and then to go off the field on a fourth down have all your buddies have all your coaches giving you a pat on the head that's a huge confidence booster and again for a guy that was such lowly drafted like he was you know what was he david uh uh, I think a, he was six, six round, round pick six. No, I think big George was a six round pick. Wasn't he a seventh round pick? I can find out pretty quickly. Yeah. find Yeah. Find out pretty quickly and I'll keep on talking, but for, you know, for where he was drafted and where he was found for him to have an impact on this team so quickly in a secondary that we would like to think that has a lot of depth. It is really, 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 really been impressive. And I've been blown away with him where he's basically taking the role of Sam Beal.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't know if I'm thinking. The play I'm thinking of, he very very nearly had a pick six on a fourth down. Is that the play you're thinking? Of? I don't know. No. Well, I'm thinking of he, he he's made multiple good plays. He made a he just made a break on an out route on a on a fourth and short, relatively short, you know, fourth and three, fourth and four. Um, and the ball just he was he was go he drove on it and he you could see he kind of held up at the very last second. He didn't really trust his instincts enough. If he had if if he had trusted his instincts, he was to you know, catch the ball and walk in. He hesitated and he kind of, he hit the, he got to the ball at the same time as the receiver. They collided, ball ended up falling to the ground, but he, he ultimately made play. Yes, So he's playing, He and, and I think, you know, the more he plays, the more confidence he gets. And that, that's, that's the best thing you can ask from a, a you know, a guy who's going to be asked to make some, he's going to be asked to play. He's, he's going
0: to be in the rotation come week one. Yeah. Darius Slayton is another honorable mention. Only had one catch for 27 yards. Um, in my brain, that counted as a touchdown. Like, I-, I know his hand touched out of bounds. But in my brain, and, like, when I evaluate, like, Daniel Jones' game and everything like that, when I evaluate Darius Slayton's game, I say that's a touchdown. Just because, why not? It's preseason. <laughs> I can say that. Um, but even though it technically wasn't, I'm counting it as a touchdown. Uh, we said we needed to see something out of Slayton on the pregame show, David. We, like, we, he's probably going to play. We need to see something out of him. And, oh, boy, did he show off. That 4.39 40 yard dash speed, and he made an athletic catch over a defender on the sideline. That what that catch was a lot. I like re- I rewatched it, you know, now a couple days away from the game. I rewatched that play, and that catch was a lot more athletic than I initially thought. Because the 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 cornerback like fell down. He like tripped, but Darius Slayton still needed to almost make a play over him because he was falling down. As like the defender was also falling down, so he still needed to make a play over another body. Now we need to remember that because Daniel Jones gets all the credit for what was a fantastic throw in the face of a collapsing pocket. But neither here nor there, Darius Slayton. We needed to see something. He showed us something, and that was fantastic. It's what we saw out of him from Auburn, and we got it. Good start.
1: Yeah, def- definitely. Uh, Darius Slayton was going to be one of my honorable mentions. I thought that was like we said. We we need we needed something, and we got and we got something. And he definitely showed he showed what we knew he could bring to the table, which was speed, speed, and athleticism. the The, the worry was does he have the hands? And on that play, he certainly seemed to have them. Uh, for the record, Corey Valentine was drafted in the sixth round.
0: Oh, great! So you were 180th right one hundred and eightieth overall. Wait, so all right, so I've been saying all this entire time that Big George was a sixth round pick. He has to be a seventh. Did they have? Pick. Did they? Did they have two sixth? They might have had two sixth. They, they might have. have tra- I think sixths. they might have traded away a seventh. Um, with uh, one of our trades this off, or maybe even they gave the trade up. They gave the seventh round pickup, maybe in the Los Angeles trade with Ogletree. I have no clue. We're, we're bad fans. We're not knowledgeable. <laughs> bad guy, bad guy moves, bad guy moves. Um. So, uh, you know, David, you know who gets my, one of my giant shitheads of the week. Go for it. The fucking Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> tried to go for two and tie the game in a preseason game. You gotta get what? practice. You gotta, pr- you gotta get practice, Justin. No, no. You you want to know what I want to do? You know formations and personnel. With- <laughs> That's what I want to do to the Cincinnati Bengals. I I made I, this was actually the funniest part of the game where I'm like, they're gonna go for two. They're really gonna go for two. So I had my microphone plugged in the entire game to my computer. So I start screen recording and I'm live reacting to like, don't you do it because they were still in a replay. I'm like, don't you do it. Don't you go for two. I'm like, oh, you shitheads, you're going for two. (laughs) (laughs) So then, so so that it was funny because there was actually pass interference on the play. So the referee should have called it on the Giants. So it should have been like, you know, a duo, basically just a do-over. And, you know, they get to reattempt the the two-point conversion. But the refs were like, nope. We definitely want to go home. We're so, tired. So <laughs> we definitely want to go home. So I said, I hope this, no, I, I genuinely do feel this way. Like, cause I'm petty like this sometimes. I hope the Cincinnati Bengals win zero football games this year. <laughs> I hope they win zero football games. Cause if we went to overtime and let's say somebody gets injured, like I would have been pissed. That would have been terrible. Why would you do that? I'm telling you, you got to, you, it's preseason. You got to get practice on these things, Justin. Yeah, I'll I'll show them, I'll show them practice. You know, formations and
1: personnel, Man, you love that one.
0: I love that one. I love, that, love one. that one. But luckily for me this week, a player on the Giants touched my butt. A player on the Giants did not touch my butt this week. Luckily for me. Or I mean, or maybe not luckily. I don't know. You sound pretty happy how, in
1: that uh in that sound bite.
0: So that's one of my giant shitheads of the week. Uh David, who who is your giant shithead of the week?
1: Uh my giant shithead of the week is Will Hernandez um don't get me wrong offensive line I actually thought played very well I thought they got a lot of a lot of crap for the, the amount of
0: penalties they they suffered besides Daniel Jones getting sandwiched
1: but they're but let's be honest <laughs> they're going up we I think recently we've been you know I, I think a lot of people believe that the Giants offensive line could be a, a top 10 unit in the NFL if that's the case you need to be able to go up against you know the elite pass rush the the elite front fours in the NFL and and the the Bengals if they have one thing that they got going for them on their team without AJ Green it's they've got a good front four um and it was definitely a test I think ultimately the offensive line played well Will Hernandez ultimately probably played fine I I admittedly have not didn't really dive in to, to watch just Will Hernandez but I think within the first within the first three drives he had suffered three penalties that's just that, – that's something that, that a guy who, who, by all accounts, is really – is just getting better week in and week out. You can't do that. Um, You know, that, that's the kind of thing that, – that can lose you a football game before you even get started. Uh, That many – you know, just suffering penalty after penalty early on. We've seen that for too many years. The beauty of calling Will Hernandez, my shithead of the week, is – if he's my giant should head this week, I have every belief that he will. I will never say his name again in this segment. So it's beautiful having a player you have that much trust in. He had a bad week. It was the preseason. Get it out now. Let's get going. Will
0: Nate Stupar had a bad game?
1: I'll just throw that out there. He did. He he had a very bad game. A lot a lot of mistakes. And it's
0: so funny because like the first half, I was like, oh my god, like oh, good by BJ Goodson. Nate Stupar's running in on blitzes. He's making plays. <laughs> he even looked at the kind of like the week before but then that second half holy toledo it was um very bad it was very bad it was it was actually terrible like if it wasn't for the cincinnati bengals like he would be like leading leading story of giant shithead of the week it, it, it was david it was so bad it was actually really bad it was bad i made a, i made a joke to the to the to the guy who runs the pro football focused uh giants page where we were going back and forth where I, I put like a gif or a gif, however you want to pronounce it, of like, um, here's a here's a representation of uh, Nate Stupar's first half grade compared to his second half grade, and it was like a person falling <laughs> down a hill. And then and then and then they and then they replied saying the tackling grade wasn't that great. As long as this tackling grade was better than how many missed tackles Alec Ogletree. Has every single season, I'm okay. Man, hop off of Alec Ogletree, Justin. Seriously, leave my man alone. That's going to be like a running joke that I just shit on Alec Ogletree oh. every episode. Kind of like UCLA professor. Kind of like UCLA. Wait, we didn't mention him. Wow, we're we're gonna we're gonna bang we're gonna bang this all out. We're gonna bang this all out at the end of the episode. I disagree with the 2018 pick. Uh, uh, UCLA professor, uh, we're, we know more about we we are better in football analysis than we are in. Um, common basic humor and alec ogletree is not a good football player so there we go we touched on all of our running jokes good good i think i think we're good i think we're good all right so uh david anything else anything else you have on the top of your brain um guys we're almost there guys and girls
1: we're almost there we are we're so close hang in there men
0: and women david not guys and guys, girls, men Guys, and women.
1: girls, dogs, women, children, whatever.
0: Because it's boys and girls. We're so
1: close. Guys Justin, and Justin, shut up. We're close. God. We're so close. We are, What? what's today? We're 12 days away? Are we 12 days away, I think? I think we're 12 days. Oh my God. I could say something.
0: But I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Good, then don't do it. So David uh so 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 David uh keep on bleeding blue. Um enjoy your week. Enjoy bleeding blue, which we will have episodes for hopefully every single day of the week. Enjoy the game whenever it will be played against the New England Patriots, like David said, we are almost there. Keep on bleeding blue. And David, people stay beautiful, damn it. God damn it, stay beautiful. <laughs>